0: Thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ. Worthy is your name, Lord Jesus, you have provided for us salvation, rich salvation that we did not deserve. You have, you have sacrificed yourself that we might have life and joy. And we thank you for this morning that we can come into your presence singing and drawing near to you because of the blood of Jesus. We pray now, Lord, that during this time we might hear from your word and that you might clearly teach us from the Holy Spirit. These words, and we pray, Lord, that we might honor you with our life every last day, every moment for the rest of our lives. May we commit to following you, those of us who are born again, who know you as Lord and Savior. May Jesus be glorified today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, good morning. Good to see all of you. If you have your Bibles, find your place for just a few moments. We'll be looking in Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. If you're a guest with us today, we're honored to have you. The families of our uh, boys and girls, the the moms and dads and grandparents who've come for the dedication, we're honored to have you. And uh, may the Lord bless you for being with us. We're talking these days, if you've not been with us, and for all of you who are joining us, you still can't be with us for some reason or another. we, We appeal to you, come back when you're ready, come back, come back, we love you. Uh, But for now, we're glad you're joining us and that we can do this electronically. But today, we continue to think about the greatest of all truths, the truth that changed all of our lives. And that is when Jesus Christ, hanging on the cross, said, it is finished. And when He said, it is finished, He bowed His head and He died. The last words of Jesus Christ on this earth, it is finished. What a strange way to declare the finished work of a man. But the Lord Jesus, hanging on that tree, on that cross, suffering in great agony, even to the end, asking and saying, I am thirsty. In all of His suffering, He died for the sins of the world. And He said, when He was about to die, it is finished. So we've been looking at, uh, for some time now, what does it mean... What does it mean to us? What does it mean that Jesus Christ said it is finished? And today we come to a very important chapter in Romans chapter 3. Paul the Apostle, uh, one of the early followers of Jesus, wrote these words to the church at Rome. And as he's writing these words, he's describing to them what it means to be saved, what it means to have salvation in Jesus Christ. Because of what He's done on the cross. So you've had time to find your place. Stand with me now in honor of the reading of God's Word. And we begin reading in Romans chapter 3. We're going to be looking today at one long sentence with some very important truths that are very important for your life and mine that affect our lives forever, for eternity. Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 21. But now, apart from the law of God, the righteousness of God... "...has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets." Verse 22, Romans 3.22 "...even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all those who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." Verse 24 is our focus today. "...being justified as a gift by His grace." through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith. This was to demonstrate His righteousness, because in the forbearance of God He passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of His righteousness at the present time. So that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May some today hear these words for the first time and experience justification being declared righteous before you, O God. Because they believe in Jesus Christ. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> so we're here and our focus today is around verse number 24. Being justified as a gift by His, that is God's grace, through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. All oh, these words are so wonderful for us. Our focal truth today is this, that believing sinners... Believing sinners are declared righteous by God because of the death of Jesus Christ. Now, today I come to talk to you about a very, very important truth. And I begin by asking you, a, and I'm sincere as I can be about it, This is a very, very important question for all of you to answer personally. You can't answer it for your neighbor. You can't answer it for your husband or wife. You can't answer for your children or your grandchildren. This alone, you must answer for yourself. And it's this. Do you know, do you know what God must do for you personally? Do you know what God must do for you in order for you to go to heaven? Do you know what you must do? Not you. What do you know what God must do for you in order for you to go to heaven? This is at the foundation of salvation in Jesus Christ. And today we discover that it is in verse 24. God must, listen, declare sinners who believe in Jesus Christ by faith as righteous rather than unrighteous and now they're right with God. This is the heart of the gospel. This is where it all begins. Last week, if you were here with me, we talked about from the book of Hebrews, drawing near to God. We draw near to God because of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. He's made a new way to God. He's he's inaugurated for us a new way to come to God. And we come by faith. We don't come by religious ceremony. We don't come by religious tradition. We don't come by religious actions. We come by our Faith in Jesus Christ, and we draw near to God. And as we draw near to God, He draws near to us. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Today, this very important question lingers before all of you. You must answer this question. And all, very as, as serious as I can be with you, my friend, oh, what days you and I have. We only have so, more day, so many days left before we're, we're gone, before death comes. It doesn't matter our condition of life. It doesn't matter what we try to do. God has given to each of us a number of days. And based on the way you live your life and what you do in relationship to God, determines where you will spend eternity. Either separated from God in hell, or living in the joy and glory of heaven, and having eternal life. Do you know what God must do For you, in order for you to have eternal life and to go to heaven. The answer, he must declare you as a sinner to be righteous rather than a sinner. That's where it all starts. That's what I'll be talking about today. So there are four observations that come out of verses 21 through 26. I'll be brief, but I want to go through these and elaborate them for a moment. Because they are very important and they're at the heart of what we call the gospel. Good news. The good news is, listen, that a wicked, unrighteous sinner can be declared to be right with God even when they've had all these sins in their lives, when they believe in Jesus Christ by faith. God declares them right with Him. That is an amazing, amazing truth. You can't live long enough. You can't hear it enough to understand the greatness of this gospel truth. So today we look at four very important truths. Number one, all people, all people, every generation, every generation born into this world, all people are born sinners living in unrighteousness. That is our condition when we're born into this world. Secondly, God declares, this is the act of justifying us justifying sinners. God declares the unrighteous sinner as righteous by their faith in Christ. That's the second thing we learn from Paul here. The third thing we learn from Paul here is this, that God declares the unrighteous as righteous, listen, by His grace, by God's grace. And then finally, God declares the unrighteous as righteous by the death of Christ. These foundational truths give us hope and joy in the midst of trouble and trials. These foundational truths are what we take and we share with our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors when we appeal to them to be saved and believe in Jesus Christ. So as we get to it, let's talk for a moment about this very important issue of all people. All people being born sinners and living in unrighteousness. If you kept your Bible open, go back now to the beginning of Romans three. Paul does a pretty detailed job of describing what it looks like to be an unrighteous, sinful person. And in fact, uh, Paul uses because what God does for us is a word called justified. That's a that's a judicial word. It's a it's a word that judges use when they declare. Uh, when they declare someone who has come before them either innocent or guilty, they declare them justified or innocent. That's what the word means, to be declared innocent, to be declared righteous. But we find that here's our condition. I'm going to remind my Christian friends who are here, this is a description of what you were like and the condition of your life when God saved you. And I'm also going to remind all my friends who are here, I may not know you personally, I'm not trying to offend you, but it is my duty to also remind you that if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you do not know Jesus Christ, I'm describing for you the way you live right now. You are, you are an unrighteous one. You are not right with God. Righteousness means rightness. We're either not right with God because of our sinfulness, And living in our continued sinfulness. Or we are right ones. We are righteous because of what someone else has done for us. Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. That's the essence of this. But notice these words. Paul uses it as a charge. He makes a charge or an accusation against all humanity. He says in verse 9. For we have charged. Please look at it. That both Jews and Greeks... Are all under sin. Nobody gets out. There's not any kind of background. There's no one in the world. There's no one that lives on this planet who escapes when they're born into this world this indictment, this charge that they are under sin and sinners. So, what do unrighteous people look like? Well, first of all, verse 11, they're not righteous. There's no rightness in their life. No, not one. Verse number 10. There's none righteous. No, not one. Verse 11. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. Verse 12, all have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave, and with their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood and destruction And misery are in their paths, and the paths of peace they have not known, and there is no fear of God before their eyes. What does the righteous person do? What does the righteous person say? And what is their condition? Well, there's none. Notice these words. They're absolute words. There's no one. There's none who's righteous. There's none who understands how to get to God. There's no one who even seeks God. You see, among those who are not saved today, all around us, in our families, our neighbors, all the rest, they didn't wake up today with any desire to seek God. They have no desire to come to God. They have no desire to read the Word of God. They have no desire to be among God's people in the church of God. They don't care about spiritual things. They don't seek God. They live in their self-centered righteousness, thinking that that's enough. They live to satisfy their own pleasures. And the law of God stands day after day. The ten words that we've looked at as a church in detail that say certain things such as, don't be an idolater. Don't have other gods before the true God. Don't be a coveter. Don't be an adulterer. Don't be a malicious one who speaks horrible of their neighbor. Uh, don't, uh, mis- don't disrespect your parents. I could go on. All of these are examples of the law declaring that we are all unrighteous. Every one of us, none of us, before we were saved, ever desired to be like God. None of us cared about being with God or hearing anything about it. In, in addition to this, everyone turns aside, notice verse 12, their own way. You see, everybody has their own style of sin. Sin. You know, my style of sin is not going to be yours. We all have our own preferences. We want to make sure that we sin in the ways that we uh, enjoy the most. And we're all turned aside. And we're together useless. There's nothing that's going on in my life in sin before knowing God that brings any value that lasts. It's all just emptiness and waste of my time. Whatever I accumulate, whatever I do, whatever I achieve, if I live in unrighteousness without Jesus Christ and without rightness with God, it's all useless. It's all a waste of my time. There's nothing about it that brings value. He says, all have turned aside. And then their words. What do those who are unrighteous do? Well, their throat. What an image, their throat. "...is like an open grave. I'm glad to know that the day I die, praise God, they'll put me in the ground and they'll cover it up so I won't be stinking around all over the place in the graveyard." You see, when the throat is open and they speak, the unrighteous speak nothing but dead words... Words that give no life. They speak, their throat is an open grave, and their tongues are filled with hypocrisy and deceit. What they say, they don't really mean. What they say to others is not genuine. It is not sincere. The unrighteous man or woman, boy or girl, in our sin, we deceive with our tongues. Our throats are like an open grave filled with stench and death. And we read on to see that there's poison on our lips. Oh, we say things that hurt. And some of us in this room are still living with the painful words of someone spoken to us in hatred and bitterness and cynicism and abuse. Oh, the sting of unrighteous words like the poison that comes From a snake. But there's something else here. Their mouths are filled with cursing and bitterness. You know what comes out of the unbeliever's mouth? Nothing but cursing. Nothing but bitterness. Nothing but critique and criticism and hate. Open, open grave. Tongues that sting. And words filled with bitterness. Words that are full Of all kinds of sin and wickedness and cursing. And then it's not enough what they say. It's not enough their desires. It's where they go. Their feet. What is the path of those who are unrighteous? Why you see it here in these verses. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Oh, we may not kill somebody. We may not kill somebody with our hands physically, but we destroy and attack and hate people when we're lost in our sin. It is the normal way. Do it to somebody else before they do it to you and their feet are swift. Their feet are swift to run down the path of destruction and bloodshed, and their life is filled with, verse 16, destruction and misery. There's no path to happiness. And as it goes on to say, they do not know the path of peace. And the final statement is this there is no fear of God before them. They don't care that a preacher says or their friend tells them that if you continue in your sin, you will die and go to hell. They don't care. They don't fear God. They stand like there's some powerful person saying, I'm not afraid of anybody or anything. And they do not fear God. This is the condition of those who are without sin. This is the condition of every person in this room before you came to Jesus Christ. This is the general description of unrighteousness. So, the declaration has been made. The charge has been given. The indictment in the Word of God has been handed out. No one is righteous. No, not even one. No matter who you are, no matter your heritage, no matter your education, your background, what you do with your life, all the things you determine to do, if you do not know Jesus Christ and you have not been saved by faith in His blood and His death, you are an unrighteous one and you are not in a right relationship with God. These are hard words for us, but they are the words that help us to share the good news of the gospel. It's amazing to me that when I talk to people about being saved, many people today don't even believe that they're sinners. They, they just think that once in a while they, you know, they, they make mistakes. They're just like everybody else. Uh, they, 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 just, uh, they do things that they probably shouldn't do, but there's no deep regret for it. There's no pain about it. There's no idea that what they're doing is causing God to resist them and not come close to them and not to help them. They don't care about what anybody else thinks. They do whatever they want out of their arrogance and selfishness and pride. This is at the heart of sin. And my friend, until you recognize the utter, terrible, horrible condition of sin, you'll never want to be saved. You don't care about it. Why do you need to be saved when you've got a nice place to live and you've got all you need and your family's all wonderful and everything's coming up roses and it's all good and springtime's about to be here. And yet you drive by that graveyard and it just keeps reminding you, people keep dying. They keep dying. We keep reporting on death after death. Yes, because if you don't understand it yet, sin brings the result of death. Spiritual death and physical death. So what do we do? Well, God declares unrighteous people righteous. How? How? By their faith in Jesus Christ. Verse number 22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all who believe. You see, all have sinned. All have come short of the glory of God. This is is what the Bible is teaching us. There was an Old Testament legal righteousness. That is, they obeyed all the rules. They obeyed all the laws. They carried out all the ceremonial things. You see, some people still believe in this day and time. I repeat it every week. Because you must hear it. There are people who still believe that by ceremonial religious actions, they can save themselves. No friend, you cannot save yourself at all, and your religious actions will not save you. You cannot be justified before God because God says, "Oh well, you know Mike's gone to church really good. He's been going to church so much, so I'm, good. I'm going to give him a, I'm going to check him off and say, good. He's been going to church. That's really good. No? No, that doesn't do it. It doesn't do it that you do good deeds. It doesn't do it that you get baptized. It doesn't do it that you take the Lord's Supper. It's not a matter of what you do. No, you see, it is your faith in God. It is your faith in Jesus Christ. It's for all who believe, young and old alike. Everyone in this room, you must determine. You see, if you want to be declared right with God, it starts with you putting your faith in Jesus Christ and what He did. It's called gospel righteousness. It's called gospel righteousness. It's what happens as a result of believing in the Lord. You see, the law and the prophets stand to declare, yes, this is true. This is it, the just live by faith. Gospel righteousness has appeared and it comes to all of us who will believe. This is what Paul teaches us here in Romans 4, if you have your Bible open, verse 5. No one, notice what it says, now not to the one who works, but to those who believe, who, are just, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Look again, Romans 4, 5. But to the one who does not work, but to the one who believes in him who justifies the ungodly. That's what you must believe. You must believe that God justifies the ungodly. But it'll only be as you have a brokenness for your sin. That it really does bother you that you've committed sin in your life, whatever it may be. Pick whatever you want. It really bothers you that you've coveted your neighbor's uh, possessions. You've coveted your neighbor's husband or wife. You've committed adultery. You've committed other kinds of sexual... It really disturbs you and bothers you. There's something troubling you that you know you've stolen from other people. You're a thief. You've stolen from your work. You've lied. You've, you've done things toward other people that weren't right with your words. And you've, you've built up idols in your life. It bothers you, you see, to the one who does not work but believes that God will justify the ungodly. that. Person, they have faith given to them. That's gospel righteousness. It is saving faith that is an act of your will. You must choose to repent of your sins. I am a sinner and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is at the heart of the gospel. This is the only way you will be saved. This is the only way you'll go to heaven when you die. I preach week by week, year after year here, and I've been reminded over and over. That, and I'm, I'm not trying to be dramatic, I'm just trying to be truthful with you as your pastor. I'm reminded every time I stand in this place, this could be my last time to be here. Death could come to me. This could be your last time to be here. Oh, Pastor Mike, I just went to the doctor. Friend, I appreciate that. You should go to the doctor, but you see, the Lord's only given you so many days. Are you ready? Are you ready to die? Are you ready to live and are you ready to die? This is the only way you can prepare yourself for the joy of heaven and eternal life. It is by believing in Jesus Christ. Third, God declares the unrighteous as righteous by His grace. I could have taken every one of these principles and spent a week on them. I'm just trying to summarize for you. Notice now we come to verse 24, being justified as a gift by God's grace. What is this thing about justified again? What does the word mean? It means to declare righteous. It means to declare as innocent. It means to declare as just. I want you to think about the profound truth I'm saying to you. That when you come to Jesus Christ and you repent of your sins, and you confess your sins, though you're still in your sins and you've been sinning, God then declares you as a righteous one instead of an unrighteous one. That is an astounding thought. It is the only way to God. It is the thing that gives us peace and joy. It's the reason why I'm starting to get there, and I know i got to finish. Steve needs to come back. We need to sing some more. Now we got to the good news. We've been declared righteous when we are unrighteous in our sins. And it is because of the Lord Jesus and His death on the cross. God declares the unrighteous as righteous by His grace. Read it this way, verse 24. Being justified as a gift by God's pleasure. God in His sovereign pleasure has declared unrighteousness. Wicked sinners who deserve hell and judgment to be right in standing with Him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't think I can properly describe it using our language, but it is something I hope will grip you and shake you. Don't act as if you deserve to be saved. You don't deserve salvation. Don't act like a spoiled brat. Don't act like you're walking around and somehow God, well, look what God should do for me. I'm such a special person. You may think you are, but to God, if you're still in your sins, there is a separation between you and God and he cannot, he will not. Have relationship with you. Finally, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that we have this new declaration of rightness with God. It's right here in verse number 24. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption. I've talked about this word with you. This big word, redemption. It's a payment. There's a payment that's been made for my sin and yours. The sin, the sin of the world is, a, is the wickedness and unrighteousness of man. And there's been a payment by the blood and death of Jesus Christ. And Paul elaborates it in 25 and 26 in these verses. God put on display His righteousness to forgive and to declare sinners just by Jesus hanging on the cross. You see, in the Old Testament... All the sinners, I mentioned this to you last week as we talked about drawing near to God. In the Old Testament way, the high priest once a year on the day of Passover, all the people stood at a distance and there they watched as one man went in behind the veil and took care of business so that all the people would be covered by the blood for another year in this, in this ceremonial way, in this, in this old legal way. They saw it only as He went in, they didn't see what He did. They, they only saw Him go in. But what did God do to demonstrate His righteousness? You read it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus Christ drugged that old, that old wooden beam up the hill. They put Him on the cross at the place of a skull. And publicly in front of a bunch of ridiculers, He died on the cross. Paul's, Paul says... Verse number 25, God displayed publicly the payment for sin in His blood. And He demonstrated His righteousness. Listen, my friends. This is how God shows us He is righteous and yet forgives sin. He sent His Son and allowed the Son of God to suffer death on our behalf. And because of that, praise God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Jesus Christ, we now are declared who believe in Jesus Christ right with God. What else can I say? So there's some things we should remember this morning from these words. How do we apply this to our life? I... I could add many things. I'll give you these four just for you to think about. Number one, I've said it over and over, but I'll repeat it. No one is born in a right relationship with God. Because every one of us sin. Every last one of us. You're not going to get out of this, friend. You're not going to get out of it. You think, well, I'm going to live live like the devil when I get toward the end of my life. I'm going to do better. Who says you're going to live to the end of your life, whatever that is? Who says you're not going to die the day you're living it up? Living it up. You know, sin has pleasure for a season, doesn't it? Then it carries a lot of regret. A life of pain and regret. What are you going to do about the sin and the stain on your hands and the things that have come out of your mouth and the pain you've caused other people and yourself and the misery you're in? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You're not born into a right relationship with God, certainly by living in America. I can assure you of that. That has nothing to do with anything. You're not. Your relationship with God is broken. You can still listen to me. Your relationship with God is not through what you do. Your relationship with God is through what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross. And nothing... Nothing is greater than being declared righteous before God. I think we probably ought to do that every week because that got your attention and now you're really listening. Ricky, keep that. We'll just do that about 1130. I got them all now. Listen, my friends. Righteousness given is never deserved. Never. So, you and I who are saved, we live, the, we live the rest of our life. This is the change. We live the rest of our life to serve the One who died for us. Now, what do you want me to do? You see... The righteousness that we are now given, our standing with God, is never deserved. It has been given to us as a gift, first by the grace of God, sending the Lord Jesus, and then His death. And and then I would also say this, and it's the same kind of idea. Righteousness received leads to righteousness lived. You know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, now by the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm saved and I'm a new person. I'm not going to talk like I used to talk to people. I hope this church hears that. If you're saved, you don't talk to people like you used to talk to them when you were wicked and sinful. You talk in ways that builds them up and encourages them. You you, you go down a different path. You live for different purposes. And they're all beyond your personal goals. You live a different way. And you wake up every day and the first thing that you desire to do and the last thing you do when you go to bed. How does the psalm say it? I wake up in the morning and I praise you for your loving kindness and I go to bed at night and I thank you for your great faithfulness. Every day I live because I have a new relationship with God, seeking to be not only right with God but right with others, and to live in righteousness before a lost world. Jesus Christ our Lord said, let your light shine, church. Let your light shine, that they may see the difference in your life and glorify God. Finally, what do we do with all this? Admit that you're a sinner. Some of you today, this is what you must do. You must do this. You must lay down your religious religious coverings, You can't, look, your mama and daddy and your granddaddy and all the rest of this family religion will never save you. You're not going to be saved by good old family religion. You're going to have to face up and meet God yourself. You're going to have to admit your sin and repent of it. And come to God and tell Him specifically how you have sinned. Tell Him what you've done and then say, I need Jesus Christ to change me and save me before my life is gone. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Live a life of faith. Now that you've been declared righteous, we walk by faith. We start by believing by faith, in saving faith, and we live by walking in faith. And I say to my Christians here today, I've tried my best to help you to go home today with something glorious to think about. Rejoice, 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 my Christian friend, whether you're sick or whether you're healthy, whether you're facing hard times this week or great times, whether you're just starting your family or you've come to the end of life, rejoice, my Christian friends, because you have been declared right with God. Praise God. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. My old hymn this week is a little longer, but you need to hear these words. Not what my hands have done can save my guilty soul. Not what my toiling flesh has borne can make my spirit whole. Not what I feel... Or do can give me peace with God. Not all my prayers and sighs and tears can bear my awful load. Thy grace alone, O God, to me can pardon speak. Thy power alone, O Son of God, can this sore bondage break. No other work save thine, no other blood will do, no strength save that which is divine can bear me safely through. Being justified as a gift by His grace through redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord.